Welcome to the One Stop Shop Podcast. One Stop Shop is Receiptful's weekly podcast with the goal of helping ambitious e-commerce merchants learn from the best. Each episode will have a successful business person tell us their story from their humble beginnings to their triumphs and successes of where they are today. In this episode, we interview Megan, founder of Hello Holiday. We talk about topics like business growth and partnering with others as a business model. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm Aliana with Jeff on the line. Jeff, how's it going? Pretty well. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks. Today, our guest is an entrepreneur, or I should say a serial entrepreneur, who is, aside from all the nonprofit organizations and projects she's working on, she's currently focused on leading Hello Holiday, which is an e-commerce startup to support independent fashion designers. Megan, how are you? I'm so good. Thank you for that kind intro. That was so sweet. It's good to be here with you guys. (laughs) Thanks. So we're going to dive right into it, and I'm going to start with the easy questions first. Megan, if you had to sum up your life in three sentences or less, and that's the easy question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And let's suppose you're speaking to a very important stranger. What would you say? Sure. Gosh, my life. I would say that I'm a seeker and a traveler and everything I do is for freedom. And so that's kind of what drives me toward entrepreneurship, I suppose, is just kind of the desire to build my own best life and the fact that I'm always seeking and I'm always trying to like find the next thing to do and I like to take opportunities when they present themselves and so it didn't really lend itself to a career other than the one I kind of made for myself so that's not really a sentence about my life I guess that's kind of a sentence about like my career which isn't that funny though is like so many people in our generation who you know I'm a millennial I grew up on the computer and it's kind of funny how much we identify our whole lives with what we do because I think in our generation in these times, it's so easy, so much easier to do something that you really love. And so it does become part of your life. So yeah, I guess that'd be kind of what I'm about. Yeah. And I mean, you, you sound like a busy person. What is your current location? Well, right now I'm in Sunnyvale, California. I'm doing some kind of random freelance work here, meeting with a couple people. Hello Holiday, my company has some big projects coming up, and so we're just meeting with a couple advisors here in the Valley. But we're actually based in Omaha, Nebraska. So as you guys know, and as I'm sure a lot of your customers know, running an e-commerce company, you can kind of do that from anywhere, which is a good thing. So I love living in Omaha. I love the low cost of living. I love the art scene that we have there. And it's a great place to raise a family. I'm a single mother, but just being able to travel and meet with different people around the country. And it's really important for our business. And like I kind of said in my first point, it's cool that you can build something and have that flexibility now. Yeah. And With then, the technology we have, yeah. And I was going to say, literally, right now, where are you? Because I can hear some action in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's probably worth explaining. So right now I'm in a coffee shop. I did some like very strategic yelping, trying to find a coffee shop or a place to set up and work that would probably be more welcoming to somebody on a laptop or working and trying not to bother the people around me. But I think it's a good spot. So sorry for the background noise, but I appreciate your flexibility here. It's kind yeah. of no, no, the no. reality. No problem. It's important for people to realize, hey, she's crazy busy like me too. So, <laughs> no, so why don't you explain to us? You've mentioned it a little bit. What exactly is Hello Holiday? So, Hello Holiday, which is at helloholiday.com, is an online women's wear retailer, and we sell clothes and accessories 
created by independent designers. And we kind of have a specific focus on carrying products up to size 4X. And so we want to be inclusive of women of all sizes. We kind of like to joke that we sell clothes for aging hipsters because that's kind of what my co-founder and I are. We came up through the Omaha indie music scene in the 2000s and we kind of share this like very characteristic DIY spirit that kind of brought us both into entrepreneurship. So everything we sell is either made exclusively for our store, for our brand, or it's from like a small run manufactured by an independent fashion designer. So we travel, we meet designers from all over the world, and we sell their clothing. It's as simple as that. Do you have a specific like mission or mission statement then? I think that what got us so into this is that the clothing industry can be so pretentious. And I believe that the most important thing that women can have is confidence and agency and believing in themselves. And I think that the more control women have over their lives, the happier they are. And that's a really simple but impactful way to slowly change the world. And I don't think that fashion is a superficial or silly way that we express ourselves because everybody gets up every day, everybody puts clothes on. And it's honestly like a very political statement that you can make sometimes with what you're able to put on your body and what you're not. And so we look at our customers who are bigger women, you know, in the plus sizes, and they go to stores and they can't find anything to wear. And so they don't have the same right and the same ability to express themselves through fashion that a straight size woman would, you know, going into any store and finding something that fits. And so we believe that expression is a right. And we are just trying to work with other people who share that vision and giving women the power to look the way they want to look, because I think there's just so much power in that. Who'd, I, I'll just let you answer. Who would you consider your ideal customer then? Because you've mentioned a few different types of people. Yeah, I would say our ideal customer is kind of an eclectic woman. It's someone who, I guess we aim for more like a 20 to 35, 40 type of demographic, women who work for themselves, women who have some money to spend, but who have really eclectic tastes. So maybe they've got some vintage from their grandmother, maybe they've done some thrifting in their day from their like punk and hardcore years, but they appreciate like a nicely made coat or a good bag or something like that. So, you know, we don't sell anything that we wouldn't want to wear ourselves. So I would just encourage people to check out Hello Holiday, either our website or or Instagram. I'm pretty proud of. I think it's beautiful sight to see. (laughs) We share a lot of pictures of our customers there and you can see like there really is a pretty diverse range of people, you know, all colors, all backgrounds, all sizes. And that's exactly what we want to see. Yeah. And I mean, you guys have a clever name. I like the alliteration. Is there a story behind that? Thank you. Well, okay. So my partner and I started the company in 2012 and we were at a bar and just writing down names that, you know, it's just a naming process. It's the same thing every company does, but we're just writing down names that we think mean something to us that kind of portray, you know, the vision and the mission of the company. And it kind of exemplifies our belief that the best use of fashion is to make every day a little bit more festive, a little bit more celebratory, a little bit more delightful, and that wearing something you love is a way to escape the stress and monotony of your routine and lift you up. And so, you know, when you go on a holiday, you're arriving somewhere, you're excited, you're anticipating it. So we think that that just kind of exemplifies the customer that we serve. So uh, you guys started in 2012, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so from that point on until today, it's been four years. So how did you arrive where you are now with Hello Holiday and all the designers that we're seeing on helloholiday.com and all the items and beautiful things that you're selling? 
Well, thank you. We, it's been a roller coaster ride, you know, but isn't that that way for everybody? So we actually started in a basement and we went to our first market in Dallas, which was like not the right market for us. We didn't meet any designers that we carry now, but we had to start somewhere. And so when we started, we had a lot of pieces. We had a lot of pieces that we picked up from just these random markets that my partner and I would drive to. We tried to raise a round of venture capital and we didn't get our first round. And so we ended up having a garage sale and we sold like everything we owned in my yard. And I was going through a divorce at the time. And so my ex-husband was there like helping us load stuff out of the house. And we ended up making enough money from the garage sale to go to our first market. And so that's kind of what started the ball rolling. Then we started getting some pretty decent revenue and now we've raised around and it's just kind of going up from there. So we started in a basement and then we moved into an apartment right above a bar. And then we moved to a pretty big office space downtown in Omaha. And now we have our own showroom in a nice little neighborhood there where we do all of our fulfillment and our staff works there. And then we also have the showroom where people can come in and actually shop the collection. Talk to us about how, how was it working from the basement and you know, the difficulties. <laughs> how long did you work in a basement, by the way, before you actually moved into a, a different environment? I will say every time it rained, we had to like, I had to wake up and like wake up my partner and we would drive to the space and just like put everything up on tables because we were so afraid of flooding. And, you know, if, if our clothes got damaged, that was all we had. That was like all the assets we had. And so that was a tricky time. Sorry, what was the question? You're, I was just yeah, like, so yeah, about how like difficult it was working from a basement, because I want to know, basically, you know, for example, you mentioned every time it rained. And you were worried about possibly losing, you know, all your inventory and stuff like that. But did you at any point really think that this isn't worth it and I'm giving up, you know, I can't do this? Gosh, no, not at all. You just mentioned the basement and then I got very hung up on this memory (laughs) of the rain and how traumatic that was. No, I never thought that because I feel like I'm always doing something very independent and I kind of believe in like doubling down on what the best thing going on is and so you kind of alluded it in your intro like I I work with a lot of different nonprofits. I used to run a co-working space here in Omaha and so I've, I've had my hands in a lot of different things but Hello Holiday is the thing that really gives me the most excitement I really love working with the customers and honestly to be honest with you guys my favorite part of it isn't the customers it's the designers and just being able to travel and meet these people who who see what we're doing and they identify with that and they go like, oh my God, this is exactly what we've been waiting for and we can't wait to do some something magical together. And so in the next year, we're actually going to be going on an Airstream tour across the country and we'll be stopping in a dozen cities and then we're going to have like a locally focused pop-up shop in each city with the designers that we carry. And this isn't too makery. It's not really like a Maker Fair type aesthetic. Like these are real clothing manufacturers and these are people making things, a lot of them from their basements, from their homes, but they have the customer base, they have a lot of followers and fans on social media and we kind of work to find these designers who have done the work but they don't have the distribution, they don't have the manufacturing muscle and so we work with those people to get their clothing a little bit more exposure and that's my favorite part of it. That's what makes me so excited to do the work. So why does that make you excited as opposed to anything else about the business? What, what is it about the designers that make you, working with them, that makes you so excited? Well, before I started Hello Holiday, my main gig, I ran a company called Princess Lasertron, and it was a bridal design company, and we worked with about 400 rides a year, and 
grew to have a staff of about seven. And so that was my job before I did this. I was doing design and we were making dresses for brides and doing design like that. And so my biggest frustration as a designer, and again, like a really small time designer, like a lot like the kinds that we work with now, like you wouldn't have heard of me. It was no big deal. It was just a very like small business, but the biggest barrier for me was just the cost of manufacturing. And there was like no way for me to get the cost down to like break out of my customer base, which was pretty good, but there's no way I could grow it without lowering my manufacturing costs. And so that kind of became the kernel of inspiration for me with Hello Holiday was like, there's so many people who are making amazing things that like they could be sold in department stores. They could be sold like anywhere. It's really good stuff. And we're not really getting exposed to them because they don't have the money. That's all it is. And in the fashion industry, like there's so many gatekeepers and it's so pretentious. And if you don't know the right people and yada, yada. So I don't really think that's fair. And I think that more and more businesses are coming out on the internet. There's more and more e-commerce options for people. And fashion is really being democratized. Like, God, over 10 years ago when Etsy started, like how much did that change fashion? People could start their own store and sell their own things and find each other and, you know, really grow a business in a way that had never been seen before. And now that's just happening on a bigger scale. And I'm very motivated and really excited to be a part of that. So do you feel like you're making a difference basically in these designers' lives? So maybe you're solving a problem or a pain that you personally had in the past? That's exactly right. Yep. That sums it up. Can you tell us about the I would say the aha moment when you realize that, and I'm taking you back to the basement for a moment, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but going from that to where you are today, at what point, you know, and how did it feel when you realized that you were probably onto something with Hello Holiday, that it was going somewhere? That's a really difficult question because I feel like, I mean, we wouldn't have done it if we didn't think it would work. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to test a bunch of, I don't know. I'm not that kind of person. I'm, I think to be an entrepreneur, you have to be kind of a risk taker, right? Like you have to be comfortable with a certain level of uncertainty. But I mean, I'm a down home girl. I'm from the Midwest. I also, you know, I really like some stability too. And so I wouldn't really take a risk on a venture that I didn't think was a sure thing. And so from the beginning, I I always thought that if we ran this company right, if we had a good marketing plan, if we reached out to the right customers, if we didn't move too fast or too slow, if the pace was right and the timing was right. And again, like this is my control freak coming out completely. But, you know, if we do our best to like stay on top of everything, there's no way it won't work. And so I still feel that way. And we're not, you know, close to the level of success that we're aiming for. But whenever I feel like things are frustrating or it's not going really well, I just think back to the time in that basement, right? And it's like, okay, but when I was down there, did I ever think I would be here now? No. And I hope that a couple more years from now, I'll be saying the same thing about doing a podcast interview in Sunnyvale in a busy coffee shop. <laughs> like, you know, maybe I'll be in a much more like quiet place or something, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. just, you, you keep growing and you keep getting better. And every step along the way, you look back and have appreciation for where you came from with that. Well, hopefully our podcast is a little better than your basement experience. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I didn't mean to like make an equivocacy there, but no. No, I know what you mean. I'm just messing with you. It absolutely is. (laughs) (laughs) No need for apologies. We did what you're saying. So in particular then, we really like this business model. It's interesting compared to some of your competitors and that type of thing of finding the designer and then endorsing their work. Now, you mentioned that there's a lot of gatekeepers and everything. And so I'm curious to... How do you find the designers or the product? 
So what we do, we, we started out finding designers the same way everybody does, the same way all our competitors do. You go to market and you talk to people, you figure out who didn't go to market. You know, it, you just get to know the people inside and then you know the lay of the land a little bit. But we did that for about a year. And then I started to look on social media instead. And so these are the people who can't afford to go to these big trade shows, these big clothing markets, because, you know, in a lot of these ones, the biggest one is in Las Vegas. It's called Magic. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners who are in e-commerce have been to this one. And, uh, you know, booths there can cost up to $20,000. And even if you just want to get a small booth, I think it's like 10. And so it's just like there's no way for you to play in that space if you're already trying to like lower your costs and your manufacturing is too high like that's just not where you're going to make an expenditure and so instead we look for people on instagram we look for people on tumblr those are probably the two main spots that we're finding new designer new designers another one is called like those new online resale apps like depop do you guys know depop it's like um you can kind of sell your your old stuff it was kind of invented so you could like de-stash your closet and sell your cool shoes or whatever. But I'm finding actually a lot of designers use that to sell their stuff. And they're making samples and they're selling the samples. And again, these are women and men who can only afford to make like two of each thing. But then maybe I order one and I see that it's really well made and it's really cool. And then Hello Holiday is able to give them a bunch of money to make you know, more of the clothes that we can sell. And so it becomes kind of an exclusive relationship with us. It's definitely a branding decision to kind of ask for that exclusivity in exchange for the investment. It's not, investment's a heavy word. It's just like, you know, we're believing in you. We're going to give you this money and we want you to make a bunch of clothes for us instead of just a couple things that we're seeing on Instagram and Tumblr and stuff like that. So we've kind of moved off of the market circuit. We don't really go to a lot of markets anymore. We miss them because they are really fun and it's nice to check in with some of the designers that do work there. But right now, we do more private showroom things. Like, instead of going to market, we'll just go to L.A. or to Chicago and meet with the designer there. And then the rest of them we just find on social media at this point. How does your... You, you mentioned a second ago that you're kind of a control freak. How does that mesh with basically oh, yeah. trusting your brand with other people? Well, this is the first thing I've ever done with a partner. And so... That, in the beginning, to me, was really hard. But luckily, my partner and I have really complementary skills and leadership styles. You know, I'm a little bit more um, introverted than she is, actually. And I like to work on the numbers. I like to do accounting. I like to think about strategy. And she's really good at all the customer-facing stuff. Like, she does most of our marketing. She does most of our email. And I just try to make sure that it's all working. That's kind of my focus. I think that being a little bit controlling can definitely be a strength in entrepreneurship because you don't really have a boss telling you what to do and you don't have the security of a savings account or like a, a steady paycheck. You know what I mean? Like it can really go up and down. And so having control of those finances and the data and all of that stuff is kind of what I think makes an early business in the stage that we're at sustainable. And if you're just flying by the seat of your pants, you know, a lot of that can get lost. And then I think that that's how most businesses fail. It's not like they were killed. It's not like competition shut them out. It's that they committed suicide because they didn't have enough of a finger on the pulse of the health of their own business. That's really interesting. 
way to describe it of this kind of committing suicide uh, for back, lack of a better term because you do see a lot of businesses yeah. come and go and just even looking at the statistics and things so like with that stuff in mind how do you yeah. actually dis- say you find a designer or whatever that you enjoy how do you decide what products of theirs that you're going to include we look for things that are in an existing category so no one who's trying to reinvent the wheel nothing avant-garde but just with a little twist on it. And then also something that can be produced at a pretty low cost. Because not only do we need to make a fair markup on that, you know, just to keep our business running, but we also want designers that we work with who are wanting to get into retail to think about that kind of thing too. Because I think it's easy for a young designer to start adding a lot of cost by adding a lot of detail to a garment or something like that, or a design or a bag, shoe. But they also have to think like business people too. And so in that way, there's a little bit of mentorship, I think, that happens. And yeah, so a, a lot of that is part of it. Was that the question? What was yep. the question? Yeah. No, that works. And okay. then I'll actually feed, that'll feed well into uh, the next question we have as well. Okay, cool. So, um, you, you know, you talked about the rewards earlier briefly. You touched on the, the rewards and the, you know, the worries of endorsing somebody else's work can you dive a little bit deeper into that and tell us you know when you're basically endorsing somebody else's work and you're saying okay i'm backing up this designer isn't that a bit of a risk what does that mean to your business well sure i mean another reason i'm in the fashion business is because i like fashion right i mean i like to shop if i didn't do this business i would be probably buying clothes from a business like mine I love, you know, you call them competitors. I love our competitors because they're selling clothing that we don't sell, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe it's out of our price range. Maybe we don't think it's a fit for our customer. Maybe it's too risky for us to carry. And maybe they just got to that designer before we did and we didn't discover them soon enough. But I love to look at what people are making. And to me, it's not really a risk on the designer at all because I don't sell anything that I wouldn't buy myself. And so when I look at a thing, I think, okay, if this was on Bona Drag or if this was on opening ceremony or if this was on some other website that I like to shop at, would I buy it? Would I put it in my cart? And if yes, then we should definitely sell it because if I want to get it, I'm sure that there's a ton of other people who do too. That's another benefit that my partner and I found from being like very open about our leadership at the company. You know, when we started out, all the blog posts were like about us, about our travels, about how we were meeting these designers. And I think that it really gave our customers from the outset a look behind the scenes. And they kind of got emotional about my partner and I, Sarah and I. They started to get to know us. And we have a lot of customers who have become really good friends of ours over the last four years too. And so when they see that we've endorsed something or we want to wear something, that's no different than you know, you meeting a girlfriend for coffee and she's got a cool new bag and you're like, what is that? Where did you get that? Mm. And it's just on a bigger scale. You know, it's more of an online community doing that than like a small friends group. But at the same time, these people do become friends with us, both the designers and the customers. And we feel lucky that we have the opportunity to kind of bring them a little bit closer together. How large is your online community? Gosh, I don't know. How do you quantify that? Like maybe 50,000, I guess. But I know we have customers who don't follow us on things and people who follow us who haven't bought anything. So it's a little bit hard to like quantify that exactly. Okay. No, I was just curious because that is obviously a, it's really neat. It's a really neat link between just hanging out with friends versus like you do have this online influence and then it's able to scale and you're able to not only support yourselves, but these designers and people that you come in contact with. Right. And whether you're a woman or a man or whether you're talking about like, 
technology or clothing or whatever the industry is, don't you have people online who like you follow on Twitter or you follow on Instagram and you like their life? You're like trying to learn from them and be like, you're really smart and I like everything you're doing and you look good and your kid is cute and I like your job and <laughs> I know you recently had surgery and I hope you're doing okay, you know, whatever it is. And so um, it's exactly the same way with our customers and our designers. Like it just happens organically, you know, that's not something you can force and it's not something you can train someone to do. It just happens if you have a good product. Yeah, no, that's great. You clearly are pretty ambitious and you, it sounds like you have a lot of hopes and dreams and things for Hello Holiday. So what do you feel like your next quick win is going to be? I'm hoping this Airstream tour is going to be, it, it's going to really pay off for us. So we're going to start in the, in the uh, spring. So we're kind of planning it now. We're getting together with designers now and figuring out what all the inventory is going to be. In each city we go to with the Airstream, we'll have a pop-up event. And it'll be of no cost to the designers. All we ask is for them to give us some inventory to take to the next stop. And so we'll kind of be paying it forward across the country as we travel, kind of giving all of the customers, but also the vendors and designers, some exposure to each other as well. And then we'll also be selling it, of course, on the website, which is the focus of our business. But it's going to be a lot logistically to figure out. But I think that this time next year, we'll be seeing some really good returns on that, that little project. I'm excited. And I mean, I love to travel, so it's exciting to have part of our growth strategy like needing to travel so if there's a reason to start a business it's to run it the way you want to run it and that's important to me yeah what about if you could i mean that was kind of long term let me extend this then what about over the next say five years if you could accomplish any one thing with hello holiday what would it be and why i would really like to have as much size inventory as we have straight size inventory. And when we started the company, we thought it was just going to be a matter of telling designers like, okay, now cut the up to 4X. Okay, now make the arm holes bigger. Okay, now make the hem longer. But it's really not that simple because people's bodies are so different. And so, you know, if something fits one person, it doesn't fit another. And we're still really trying to figure that out. And I know that there's a lot of companies that are trying to do that. It's a really important space paying attention right now because you know like I said the ability to look the way you want to look is like my biggest motivation and that's what I want for all women I want them to have choices and so I would feel most successful in the next five years if we were able to make a dent in that and really do something about the lack of offering there really are for for all women if we can accomplish that in five years I'll be astounded because I know people who have been at it longer than that and it's really hard it's expensive and it's difficult and you know we're all working on it though where can our listeners find out more about you and hello holiday well go to google.com and type no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Um, so our store is at helloholiday.com and we're hello holiday on twitter instagram facebook snapchat all stuff so yeah check us out there and then i'm megan hunt h-u-n-t my twitter is lasertron which is kind of from my business that I did before this one. It's L-A-S-E-R-T-R-O-N. But if you just, like I, like I was joking, if you just Google, you'll find us. Okay. I would love anybody who heard about us from the podcast to reach out to me and we can give them a deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. But like I was saying, I would, I would love to, to kind of expand the community and get to know more people who are interested in what we're doing because, you know, the more we can help each other out, I would love to hear what other people are doing too. I think Receiptful is an amazing business. It's really helped us out a lot. A lot of the functionality with your app is stuff that we've been looking for for a long time. And so 
thanks for including me in this today. Thanks. I'm glad to hear that. And what about designers? If they can reach out to you, is that okay? Or do you prefer to just... Yes, absolutely. That would make my job really easy if they came to me instead of the other way around. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Megan. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yes, thank you. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. One Stop Shop is a production of Receiptful. Learn how to personalize and tailor every interaction with your customer by visiting Receiptful.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Come Alive Creative. For help building, improving, and marketing your e-commerce store, visit ComeAliveCreative.com. To listen to more episodes from this series, you can visit Receiptful.com forward slash podcast. Or if you want to give us a rating on iTunes, Receiptful.com forward slash iTunes. Oh, 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 oh,